Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been one week since we lived by Why Men Love Bitches. And you know what that means. It's time for another By the Book mini episode, bitch. That's right. It is time for another By the Book epilogue. And this week, we are looking at the aftermath of living by a very long-titled book, Why Men Love Bitches, From Doormat to Dream Girl, A Woman's Guide to Holding Her Own in a Relationship by Sherry Argov. And you guys had a lot to say. So much to say. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. So many bitches and non-bitches <laughs> sharing their thoughts. Um, Let's start off with hearing from some listeners who've read the book. Yes. A number of you actually have read the book. Yes. Samantha says, it looks like I might be one of the few people who actually loved Why Men Love Bitches. To be fair, I went in with the mindset that this book was supposed to be humorous, and maybe the reader shouldn't take it too seriously. 
but there are some nuggets of gold that really just stuck with me. I was the epitome of a doormat. I am a very independent woman. I have a career, a home, and a dog that I handle all by myself. I am proud of all the things I can do, but that did not translate to any success in dating. I was so desperate to find a partner since I was starting to get tired doing everything alone. So when I would go on the first few dates with a guy, I made myself completely available physically and emotionally. I would make myself head over heels as I daydreamed about this man that gave me barely anything, then would end up heartbroken just a few weeks later. In the beginning of the book, the author talks about being the prize, something that a man will work for and cherish through his actions of respect and meeting your high standards. I had all these successes, but my loneliness gave me no sense of self-worth. I was rewarding mediocre men with my time and attention for minimal effect. This book pushed me to see my worth as a partner and therefore made me raise my standards. Other tips, such as not being available to him at all times, really worked for me. A man tried to make last-minute plans for me to Netflix and chill with him after he got carried away with hanging out with his guys and had to rain-check dinner. Old me would have gone and said, yeah, I understand getting carried away with friends. Yeah, yeah. New me said, I don't want to be with someone that can't respect my time. I have to say, Samantha, it doesn't sound like you were a full doormat before, but perhaps maybe when it came to uh, your your self-worth with men, because it sounds like you were pretty, uh, pretty much a boss, <laughs> you know, very independent. But yes, being the prize is very important. And we need to remember, like, we're all catches. Everyone's unique and everyone's a catch to someone. And yay. Yeah, we are all catches. And I got to agree with that, um, Samantha, that whole, uh, oh, I forgot about dinner with you, but later on tonight, maybe we could Netflix and chill thing. But like, I still want to get my rocks off. Oh, God, I fell for that so many times. Yeah, that's how my husband and I got together. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like sometimes um, this isn't just about being a doormat. It's just about learning life skills or knowing how to date because a lot of yeah. women, especially in our 20s, I think, in our teens and 20s, maybe even our early 30s are just like, oh, yeah, put up with a lot of shit. You know, be flexible, be likable. Right. I, I don't think you're alone in that, Samantha. I think a lot of us have put up with that guy who does that thing. Totally. Yeah. Aaron wrote in to say, I first read Why Men Love Bitches over a decade ago while trying to make sense of a bad situation with a guy. I read the book with the intention that if I used some of the advice, he'd come around. Then I came across the book called The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans. Some of the abusive behaviors detailed in that book lined up with how the guy was behaving, and I realized that the problem wasn't me, it was him. While the so-called nice woman she describes in her book certainly exists, I think Argov fails to take into account how early life trauma such as child sexual abuse can color the relationships we pursue and sometimes the choices we make as adults. It leaves no room for the idea that sometimes guys or partners are just jerks and no amount of turning into a bitch is going to turn a frog into a prince or princess. I think this sort of approach places the onus on the reader to an unnecessary extreme and absolves any potential abuser of responsibility. Hearing you two read your verdict was so cathartic. Thank you. Ah, this is such a good point, Aaron. Yes, exactly. Yes. 
again, I'll just make this about myself. <laughs> do it. Do it. I want to know more about you. Yeah. I mean, I I, I will say this uh, as somebody who came from a very abusive childhood, um, right. that, yeah, sometimes what does love look like can be very confusing when the version of love that was given to me by men in my life growing up was frequently violent, unpredictable, scary, roller coaster, walking on eggshells. Beyond toxic. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, you know, a therapist also once said to me, like, that also in some ways is easily simulated by being in an abusive relationship or being in the early stages of a relationship. You know, in the early stages of a relationship, it's like, does he like me back? I'm walking on eggshells. Should I call him? Should I not? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. You know, all all of those feelings that are early in a relationship can feel like- The ups and downs. Yeah, that can feel like that's just what falling in love is. But if you keep doing that for months or years. If it stays forever. Yeah. yeah, and you're still doing that. And it's not just because the relationship is new. You're doing it because the relationship is bad. It can be confusing for somebody who came from a background where that's what love looked like. So um, right, right. sometimes, yeah, Aaron, good point. That that totally. kind of life trauma can make it confusing. Is this a fun, exciting relationship where I never know what's going to happen next? Or is this just abusive? Yeah. Now, Maria also read the book, and she says, This book is awful and of no help to any actual woman. I made the mistake of reading it years ago when I thought it would help. It completely bypasses being treated properly because of basic human decency, mm. which is not gender-specific. It advocates for manipulation tactics instead of being straightforward in your communication. This is the cool girl guide on how to snag a guy without ever revealing your true feelings. And it advocates for suppressing your voice and concerns instead of communicating in a healthy way. I can't believe I actually took this book seriously at one point. Oh, if I had a dollar for every time, I've said that to myself. <laughs> um, no, but Maria makes a really good point. Like, you should not have to be tricking someone into treating you well, like it, with decency, with respect, with yeah. extra love if they're your partner, you know? You shouldn't have to be manipulating or tricking someone into that. They should be wanting to if they've committed to. And if they don't want to, it's not on you. That's a them yeah. problem and maybe move on. Yeah. Right? Even though it sucks and it's not fair. Yeah. And we also heard from lots of you who haven't read the book but think aspects of it do kind of make sense. Uh, Emma wrote in to say, I've never read the book, but on hearing the rules, I thought some of them sounded sensible. Like, you shouldn't suddenly stop spending time with your friends just because you've got a new boyfriend. You should try to be financially independent if at all possible, and you should be clear about what you want in bed. So that's all good advice, actually. Though it does sound like the book as a whole has a lot of bad stuff in it, heteronormativity and fat phobia and so on. Yeah, Emma. I agree with you on that. Totally. Because, yeah, I, I, I don't know um, about you, but I have had the friend who has ditched me because they just met a guy and we used to talk three times a week and suddenly I don't see them for three months. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, and Totally. Yeah, and I've definitely, um, especially in our parents' generation, known a lot of women who they had to pick up the pieces financially after a divorce. They didn't right. have their own financial independence. Like, yeah, Jolenta, you and I, our parents' generation, that was so many women. Well, yeah, it's literally my mom. I watched it happen. I watched her have to, like, 
relearn how to do financially independent like type things that she hadn't done sh- since she was in her 20s. And she's now in her... her <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh. Suzanne, you didn't hear that, right? I don't know how often she listens. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely, yes, about being clear about what feels good and bad or about right. being clear about, I don't really know, but let's experiment because I feel like there's this thing that women our whole lives have been taught where it's just like, we should just be grateful maybe to be in bed or maybe we're supposed to be reacting the way like movie stars or porn stars do like, oh. Either take what you can get or like perform to the max. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe something's wrong with me if that one thing you're doing doesn't feel good. So it's on me to fake Mm -hmm. it that it does feel good because in the movies, everybody likes it when that thing's done. In porn, everybody likes that one thing. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to love getting titty fucked. Ah. <laughs> and um, some of you said you were essentially taught variations of this book's rules when you were growing up. Joanna says, I was raised Catholic and was taught that good girls are supposed to not show interest and play hard to get. It's all ridiculous bullshit. Right. And Amanda said, I've definitely heard that don't act interested or wait so many days to text them back, and it's horrible advice. If I hadn't asked my husband out for coffee, showing my interest, we may never have gotten together. Yay. Yeah. Amanda, pushing back against those rules you've heard your whole life. Good job. Right. Like, never be the one who calls. Always wait 100 days before, like, letting him finger you. I don't know. I made that last We need to write, like, a self-help book, Jolenta, that just has dumb rules that you and I shout out on the show when we're kidding around. (laughs) Just a collection of all the uh, hypothetical shitty rules we've put out. (laughs) It would be just as helpful as some of the books we've lived by. Yes. Um, But let's face it, a few of you have actually done some of the things that this book recommends or had them done to you. Yes. Susan says, regarding serving your date popcorn instead of a four-course meal, as per the book, I was dating a guy once who invited me over to dinner and served TV dinners, lean cuisines specifically. I think he thought he was being cute, but to me, it was a real turnoff. Just order takeout, for God's sake. That is such a weird thing to make for dinner like did like like did this guy think that's what like all women liked because like women had him like at lunch in his office or something or was it like a weird subtle neg of like I don't care and like you could be fat like what is happening there's so many things I could read into that and I don't like it Susan you are a champion for having gone out with this person No, also, like, if he was on a budget, it actually would have been cheaper just to make a pot of spaghetti, right? Yeah, those were kind of expensive. Yeah. So weird. There are less expensive ways to feed a date than lean cuisines Mm -hmm. that are also less insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyne wrote in to say, I enjoy finding ways to let my men help me by opening jars and such. That part seems harmless. It's like asking my dad to come pick me up somewhere because I know he likes driving and it gives him a chance to show his love without having to say those words. Oh, 
That's nice. This reminds me of the five love languages where right, many right. people wrote in and said, uh, I come from a family where saying words like I love you out loud, we may as well just like shrivel up and die because we'd rather die than say words like that out loud. We're all awkward. We're all afraid of those words. So we have to do it in these other ways. And that's how I feel love most deeply. So Tyne, if that's how you can say you love your dad without having to say the words and your dad doesn't want to say those words. Go for it. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Right. And like, it's sort of, I feel like sort of like the backwards way of being like, I know this person likes giving acts of service as a way to show their love. So like, I'll provide them opportunities to do that. Yes, 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 yes. And Jill, (laughs) (laughs) Jill says, true story. After listening to your latest episode, I closed the bathroom door this week. (laughs) Jill, I'm still closing it once in a while, too. It's wild. (laughs) Let's move on. Most of you wrote in to say you will probably never read this book, if if we're being honest. Yes. Uh, Stephen wrote in to say, the book sounds awful. Weirdly sexist both ways. When people play hard to get in the way the author suggests, I assume they aren't into it. And I look for someone who is enthusiastic. Anything else constrained to awkwardness around consent. But also, I'm gay, so not the book's target demo. Regardless, if you have to manipulate someone into loving you, is it the right person? I like that consent point. Such a good point. That is such a good point. The whole consent thing where it's like, I don't know if I want somebody pushing me if I am ignoring them. Like, I don't know if I want someone chasing me if I'm running away. I'm just going to say I don't. I don't want them to chase me. No, I don't. I don't need someone knocking down my door if I've, like, given them the cold shoulder. Because, like, it might mean they can't, like, read social cues or take no for an answer. And, like, I love just – I love the way Stephen ends this. Just just, if you have to manipulate someone into loving you, is it the right person? We shouldn't be, like, coercing people into, like, giving affection. It sucks for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. Melissa says, all I could think about listening to this episode was that book, The Rules, which had Mm. sort of a similar idea. You pretend to be someone you're not to attract a romantic partner, and then what? Pretend to be that person for the rest of your life or unveil the true you once you've gotten them to marry you? It's all so weird. Yeah. Yes, Melissa. Very weird. You can't, like, play a part and then be like, voila, it was a lie. Or then you're like, fuck, I'm stuck playing this part. And every time I like show a bit of myself, they get all pissed off. And it feels like my partner hates me because that's where I've been in some like early dating situations. And it sucks because you act like you you act like all you want to do is talk about their feminist theories uh, because they're a philosophy major and they're (laughs) sexist and don't realize it. And before you know it, you've spent months acting like they're smart. We all know that guy. Fun fact, by the way, the authors of The Rules, those two women, after writing that best-selling book, did in fact both end up getting divorced from their husbands. So they couldn't play that part forever, just long enough to write their book. Just long enough to get those numbers. Yes. Yes. Bobby wrote in to say, I feel like this is written for women in unhealthy, uncommunicative male-dominant relationships. Healthy relationships largely wouldn't need this advice. I do agree about the bathroom thing. Some things are better left private. (laughs) 
It's sexier, in my opinion. Other than that, it's mostly manipulation to get what you want because you can't just by asking, which isn't cool. Might have worked for my mother, though. LOL. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's such a good point. This was something we brought up also. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Jolenta, remember we were like, oh, yeah, maybe this works for people who were brought up with completely different social norms 50 years ago. Yeah, like a lot of, uh, yeah, people from generation like directly above us are like this was necessary because of how our men were socialized even worse than they are now yes yes so yeah maybe it would work for all of our mothers bobby maybe (laughs) it's true we'll think about our mothers and whether or not it would work while we take a break but when we come back we're gonna hear from you guys about how we lived by the book because you have thoughts This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We are back with listener comments about why men love bitches. And now, Jolenta... There is some more specific feedback for you, for me, for Brad, for Dean, for all of us. Let's get into it. Dominique said, Why Men Love Bitches was the funniest episode in a while. I enjoy them all, but I was laughing out loud at multiple moments. Because this is by the book, bitches. Oh my gosh, the delivery, LOL. Just so you know, I don't need you, I choose you. Oh, what a conversation starter, Jalenta. Thanks. (laughs) And Kristen and Dean's disturbingly erotic conversation about how he shouldn't expect it, OMG. I love the Ernest Epps, but this was a fun break from some more heavy stuff. And it sounds like both hosts had a blast. Oh, we're glad you enjoyed it, Dominique. It was fun. I have to say, I had fun (laughs) making this episode. And I listened to, uh, you know, a couple of cuts of the episode during the editing process. And I laughed every time with every edit at you, Jolenta. You made me laugh my head off during this episode. It was so funny. Stop it. You were so funny. You made me laugh and cringe. Mostly cringe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. During some parts. No, you're not. I know I did. (laughs) I love making you cringe. (laughs) I know. And you're so good at it at this point. (laughs) Jason says, I loved the recent episode on why men love bitches. It's an awful book and premise, but I always love when the husbands get slightly annoyed or skeptical when you two live by the book. That being said, it would be interesting to see someone try this who's in a new relationship. Though I wouldn't seriously recommend this advice to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I would want to see how it worked in a new relationship, but I'd also want the person to have a disclaimer to be like, this isn't who I am. I'm trying this on. (laughs) But then it wouldn't 
be a good experiment. So, because, but I also wouldn't want the early stages of a relationship to be like fucked with too much. Like, you know, remember that movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> That's it. That's essentially what this is. Like, if, if we were to like make people live by this book who are actually not married. Yes. But <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I just thought of it because at first I'm like, Jason, this sounds like a good movie promise. Oh, damn it. This already was a movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey classic. Yes, yes. And I believe if I remember correctly, Catherine Hahn is in it. So like, you can't go wrong there. It's a terrible movie though. You no, know, it's horrible. I saw it <laughs> once like in my younger days when I should have liked it and was like, this is trash. So you know yeah. it's good now. You know it holds up. <laughs> we need to have a movie night, Jolenta. Yes, we do. Jessica says, is there a secret theme to this season that you haven't announced yet? The bad bitch season. First you stole like artists. Then you fucking swore while getting out of your heads. And now you're trying to be lovable bitches. Let's see which new book they announce at the end of this epilogue. Maybe, uh, maybe something about how to lie. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Do we have a secret theme this season, Jolenta? Do we? Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. It was planned. You caught us. You caught us. You caught the theme. <laughs> this was not by happenstance at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> all right. Let's get to some specific feedback, Jolenta, for you and Brad. Um, yes. Marianne said something that a lot of people wrote in this week to say. Specifically, Jolenta, I am listening now, laughing so hard at Jolenta's week one that I am crying. Jolenta, you are a treasure. Your week Thank one you. really was, I mean, it kind of breaks the rules of what you're supposed to do with like a narrative where you build up to the most hilarious part. But I would say your week one was the most hilarious part of this episode. I opened hard. I opened hard. You went hard, yeah. And it worked. It Thank worked. you. Right. I mean, if I feel like it's all I could do to both live by this book, but also be like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and but it's like I did what it told me to, but sometimes what it tells you to do is 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 arch and funny, you know? <laughs> um, Kristen, by the way, not me, another Kristen. Different Kristen. Totally different Kristen, wrote in to say this, Jolenta, vagina and vulva. When Jolenta mm -hmm. was talking about showing her genital area to Brad and she used the word vagina instead of vulva, it made me sad. Women really have not been educated well on their genital anatomy and we frequently use the wrong words. Unless, of course, Brad really was getting an up-close look and was seeing her vagina as well as her vulva. Kristen, first I'd like to say probably should have used vulva. That would have been more appropriate. Second, I'd like to say I, t I made an artistic choice uh, in saying vagina because I wanted to really illustrate how much I was showing Brad and sort of how much I was sort of being a brat with the rules about like one body part at a time. But I wanted to make it clear I wasn't like flashing him my pubic mound. I like put my leg up on the arm of the chair he was sitting in and was like, look. So like, no, he did not have a speculum nor a light, but like he for sure saw like my vaginal entrance and like in there, but I didn't like groom inside there because I don't have hair in there. But, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. So I did that to, to sort of illustrate like I wasn't like, a, ooh, I was like, look, you know. And I will say this um, in a bonus episode. I can't remember. It might have been our celebrity season. We were talking about 
how Gwyneth Paltrow admitted oh, right. on her show Inside Goop that she did not know the difference between vagina and vulva. And Jolenta and I were laughing and laughing about that because, yes, obviously Jolenta does know the difference between vagina and vulva. You do, Jolenta. You know the difference. Yeah, but I could have used better language. I could have still illustrated my point while using, like, the actual correct word. <laughs> but let's move on to feedback about you and Dean, Kristen. I'm sick of talking about myself. And your vulva. <laughs> Chris says... I thought this book sounded super dated. Pun intended. I also thought... (laughs) Thanks, Chris. I also thought Dean's reactions showed that men of a younger generation tend to think and act very differently, which really shows progress, in my opinion. Oh, Chris, um, I like to think so, too. I like to think that Dean's reactions are partly because Dean is wonderful and partly because Dean is not his grandfather. Yeah, that's that's what I hope. Yeah, totally. The fact that he's like, that's ridiculous, like, is, is heartwarming and yeah. a sign of progress. Yeah, I do like to think standards have changed. And in fact, I'm so sorry, I can't remember which listener posted this to our Facebook community. They posted um, a research study that had been done that showed that because women's expectations are higher for being treated decently in relationships now. Oh my gosh. More men are either having to learn how to treat them decently or they're single. They're just unable to get a girlfriend. It's so funny. It's like more men are single, like as women's standards rise. <laughs> I think that might have actually been the title of the study, Jolenta. It's like, come on, y'all. As women expect to be treated like fucking people, men are going, wait. You know what? Women are almost as good as men, because we're almost like people too, Jolenta. <laughs> it's wild. All right, let's move on to this letter from Electra for Kristen. Electra says, my takeaway from this episode is when you try to use high conflict and manipulative techniques in relationships that have deep trust and security, the response is confusion and a little insecurity, then recommitment and also maybe a sense of role play or frolic. For example, Kristen noting that Dean didn't obsess over her absence is probably because he trusts Kristen and also trusts himself and doesn't need her to soothe internal distress, nor does it trigger feelings of abandonment. So he can calmly let her be busy and non-responsive, and he trusts that if she, say, heads out without him, he is comfortable taking responsibility for his actions, like how video games shift a sense of time and how his actions affected her and doesn't have to shove any blame responsibility away. And he also trusts Kristen not to attack him then or later if he does show vulnerability. Like, high-conflict behaviors just don't fit in healthy relationships. Hooray! Electra, I love everything you wrote there, but I will confess something that happened the other day. It happened again where Dean said, just let me finish this. Two more minutes, two more minutes. He was playing a video game. And he and I were going to go on a walk and... I let 45 minutes pass, and then eventually I just left and I went on the walk by myself. And then um, about a mile and a half into my walk, I texted him and said, hey, um, I'm on this walk right now. Do you want to meet me? And he's like, oh, uh, I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving right now to meet you. I'm on the street corner. Where are you? I'm like, I'm a mile and a half away. He's like, how are you a mile and a half away? I'm like, because I left the house more than an hour ago for this walk. Yeah, he had no idea he left for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just he had no idea whatsoever. So um, I guess I would say, like, 
this might just be something that happens for the rest of our lives. Dean doesn't know what time is when he's playing video games. Right. But you didn't get into a big fight. He didn't think, like, you didn't love him. He, didn't, he <laughs> lost track of time, right? He lost track of time. Was I irritated, though? Absolutely. I just want to make it clear. It's not like I don't have irritation when this happens. I still have irritation. Yeah, you're not, like, cool with it. You're not like, oh, cute. Oh, baby, oh. that's so funny the way you do that all the time. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> Cute. A grown man can't stop playing a game. <laughs> no offense to gamers. Like, I understand the importance of kicking back. I, I play I play gin every night and force my husband to, as though I am a gamer myself. <laughs> yeah, not high conflict, but I will say I still sometimes express my frustrations. I do sometimes. As you should. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to hear from some of you out there about your thoughts on the B word, bitch. And of course, we'll announce next week's book. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, we are back. And now let's hear from the folks out there who have feelings about the word bitch, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Dawn says, I do not personally like the word bitch for humans. Obviously, it's been reclaimed in some contexts, but its use tends to be both pejorative and sexist. There's no male equivalent. And if it's used for males, its meaning is weak, like a woman. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, bastard's the equivalent, but no, not, no. No, I think the closest that's equivalent is, like, stop being a dick, right? Yeah. Like, you're a fucking dick. But, like, let's just call each other bad names that are universal, you know? (laughs) Like, a piece of shit doesn't have anything to do with anyone's anatomy, anyone's gender, any dogs. Like, you know? Unless you call them a piece of dog shit. Oh, then it's very specific, yeah. Then dogs are involved. But, yeah, I do agree. Like, it's reclaimed, but I don't love that it's, like— obviously got sexism baked in, like, regardless of the usage, pretty much. Um, Let's look at what Elaine had to say. Elaine says, Kristen and Jolenta made the most out of awful material this week, as they always do, but hearing bitch so many times was more upsetting than I expected. That insult has so much misogynistic baggage, and it would have been great to have heard our stalwart hosts to have been able to unpack that a little. Yeah. Yeah. I am firmly in the camp that this is another book that chooses a naughty-sounding word to get people's attention and sell books. That's what I think. Um, I think that's a big part of it. I also think because the book was written 20 years ago when 
it was the height of bitch, please. Like it was right. It was very. I feel like it was very much a response to like he's just not that into you. It'd be like, well, then fine, I'll be a bitch. Like you know what I mean? It's yes. of that like era of like sex in the city, bitches be fucking. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was very much speaking to that time. But I will also confess that Jolenta wrote the cold open for that episode. And initially, it was really jarring for us during the cold open, for me specifically, I should say, to say the word bitch as much as we did in the cold open. But I think that did two things that were really important. Even though it wasn't comfortable for me in the beginning to read those lines, it also helped me to just get in the, like, mindset of, like, I can say this word for the rest of the hour-long taping. <laughs> like, get used to it. We're ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah, like. yeah. It definitely did that because, like, Jolenta, in real life, you and I would never talk to each other that way. We just wouldn't do that. No, never. No. <laughs> like, I know how, yeah, it, it's it was a lot. No, I overdid it, partially to prove a point, but partially because it was <laughs> very fun. <laughs> partially because it was just fun to be naughty. But, no, I agree. Like, it— listening back, I was like, wow, like I overdid it right up top. Like it is jarring. It takes you out of it a bit. But then I, I'd like to think it has like the meta effect of being like, and this is what this book is telling you to do to yourself too. Like essentially. Yeah. Hopefully. Krista says, I love this. Krista says, are there any other bitches out there who feel like this book completely misrepresents bitches? <laughs> 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 she went on to say in her comments that to her, a bitch is somebody who is like bold and holds their own. Right. Uh, a bitch is not a manipulative, like desperate to play games to get a guy sort of, you know, person. Mm -hmm. um, she's just like, yeah, I'm I'm fierce. I'm bold. I do what I need to do for myself. But yeah, I can totally see where if that's how you see the word bitch, where this book would be like, yeah, that's not me. That's not me. Yeah. That's men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That's not me. Totally. Um, but thank you to everyone who wrote in. Sorry if we did not get to your comments. So many of you had so many awesome and smart and just interesting things to say about this book. And you can read all of those things and share your own thoughts at our Facebook community, which is facebook.com slash group slash BTB pod. It's a private community. So like your friends who aren't in the group will not see what you're saying. And it's a really fun place to discuss like self-help, vulnerability, life shit. Everyone's really nice. And now, Jolenta, it's that time. It is the time when we announce next week's book. Our next book is... Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Well, what if I want to grow rich without thinking? What if I want to keep growing, but I already have enough money? What if this book is actually about growing a tiny little guy who's named Rich? <laughs> Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher, Corinne Wallace and Marcus Hamm. Thanks also to Nate Wida, the composer of our theme song, and the Rizzos, the performers of our theme song. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Why Men Love Bitches. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristinangelenta at gmail.com. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at 
by the book pod and on Instagram at by the book pod. We always have photos of our adventures there, as well as links to all the other shows that we appear on. We appear on a lot of other shows as guests. Mm-hmm. You can find us everywhere. <laughs> also, don't forget to rate us and review us wherever you're listening. Rate this second. If you're still listening, look down at your phone and hit the little stars. They have them in every pod player. You know, give us a little review. It helps people find the show. It helps us stay a little relevant. Who doesn't love being relevant? And of course, tell a friend about the show because word of mouth is so important. It is. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye. Stitcher. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.